You're listening to Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Out of the Box is sponsored by HugMeTees.com. Spread love, give a hug, HugMeTees.com. Guys, I am so excited about all the new people going on our SoundCloud and clicking on the follow button, but I want more followers. iTunes is doing great. SoundCloud is, uh, Stitcher's doing great, but SoundCloud, we need new followers. So if you have a SoundCloud account, go on soundcloud.com slash out of the box podcast and click on the follow button. I appreciate all of the listens, but what I would appreciate even more is a follow. So that helps us out a lot. And as always, if you enjoy us, go on iTunes.com and look up out of the box podcast and leave a positive review. That makes us very, very happy. I am here today with a very funny comedian. He is originally um, from Utah and... And Virginia. And Virginia. DC area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But he's Muslim and um, Palestinian. Um, He was in a really fun documentary called The Muslims Are Coming and also is a part of the Axis of Evil comedy tour. Aaron Cater. Aaron, how are you? Yeah, yeah. All right. How do you end up in Utah? Or is that the the gringo side? Uh, Yeah, my mom's side is like Mormon Utah. Um, But my dad's uh, Palestinian side also um, immigrated to the U.S. and somehow ended up there. It's kind of a long story, but so both my parents did grow up in Utah and uh, the Palestinian, you know, my dad grew up like Palestinian Muslim on a farm in the 40s and 50s <laughs> in, in Provo, Utah. And uh, only a couple of them married Muslim. Everybody else um, went the other way, you know, either married a Mormon. That's the only thing that was around. And it was the 60s as well when my parents met. So you know, he was back then. Immigrants probably wanted to assimilate. I think, and were more proud. That is to be more. American. I think more that it's different. I have a lot of friends who are Mexican, and growing up in that time, you know, they were taught don't speak Spanish. You want to be, you know, right. assimilated. And now there's a lot of you know Chicano pride with you know speak Spanish. Yeah. So I think things can alter. And um, for me, my parents were very psycho about learning Vietnamese because they were, had this fear of us losing our culture. Right. Yeah, but it's good to be bilingual. I wish my parents had taught. What, what is Farsi or Arabic? Arabic. Yeah, Arabic. So my dad's Palestinian. <clears throat> his his family is all from Jerusalem, and then my mom's side is all like pioneer Mormons, like way back with the with the Brigham Young pioneers, <laughs> like Pharrell. So it's like uh, really religious people on both sides of the family. So growing up with. Very conflicting, not conflicting, but different religions and growing up with a lot of religiosity. Did you see a lot of hypocrisy in it? Usually people that grow up in what you're telling me are atheist. Yeah, actually, my parents are now atheists. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I called it, right? Yeah, especially my mom. Like, my dad, because he grew up Muslim with, like, superstitions, I think he's still, like, probably secretly, like you know not not that he practices or has any sort of but i'm sure he has more of a spiritual side than my mom who mm-hmm. is when you grow up mormon and i think a lot of that stuff i think she was it was a lot easier for her to just completely leave the idea of having a god completely so and then uh and she's an intellectual she went and got a phd in medical ethics and she's kind of a scientist and you know it just kind of makes sense with her but uh but um yeah so they they are atheists and then i kind of looked at religion sideways always and it's just too hard to be part of a it's like how many people do you know that have 
decide like they're Democrat or Republican. Doesn't everybody you know go like, I don't want to be affiliated with either group. Like, I don't want to just vote one. It's party. so funny that you just mentioned that because I was just talking about this this morning with my husband, and I said it's so frustrating because there's this two party system, yet nobody is really part of either party. Right? right. Everyone I know is like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Especially it's like I don't want nothing against millennials, but it is sort of because. At my, I feel like people my age, maybe Gen X down, it's kind of like we don't want to belong to a party or we see too many problems with both sides. I mean, I think though- a lot of people are going alternative party these days. There's a lot of green, you know, libertarian right now is really, really big with yeah. my generation, you know, Tea Party and other um Alternative, or just people that say, "Hey, I'm independent. I don't believe in anything that these people are pushing." Right. Or, or people who say they're both the same. To the, me, actually, that kind of does bug me when people go, "Oh, there's no difference. They're both the same." I'm like, "No, they're very different." <laughs> Democrats and Republicans are still very different. I mean, I see a clear distinction. I won't vote for a Republican. I'm still waiting for the day when there's a Republican that I might be able to vote for. And in a way, California is always like, you know, Schwarzenegger's cool. With, it's abortion and stem cell and and um, they're not gay the typical and, Republicans that yeah. you're yeah and that's the only way I'd be able to do it is if they just fucking loosen up on <laughs> all that bullshit like we've already had these arguments we've already talked about Vietnam we've already dis- decided that was a mistake like why are you guys still acting like if we just had the will to finish the war we could have won like they're still having the same and that's the sixties baby boomer fucking Bush you know. Just bullshit with their warmonger types, and I'm like, how could you be on the side of like warmonger wars? You know, hawkish, well, what I don't understand is, is the mentality because I actually have been trying to be more open minded and listen to other people's political and religious points of view without being judgmental, and I can see where some people are coming from, but then there's some factions of certain political groups. I literally, it's like they're speaking Latin to me. You know, like I was on um, a message board and I usually don't go on message boards for this reason. And this guy was, you know, complaining about liberals and he was saying, these peace-loving, tree-hugging liberals want to save the environment. And I'm like, why is that making you angry? I know. Why are, why, what's, what, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, do you want to be on the side that wants good schools and wants good communities <laughs> and wants people to be nice and love each other? Or you want to be on the side that is constantly wants to be pissed off or feel like they're up against something somebody's taking over the country or we're losing it or you know we need to get get rid of the muslims or we need it's like why why would you want to be on the side of of people who are blatantly hateful i see that i see that a lot online and i see people so angry about things that i don't understand what they're angry i've even with celebrity celebrity stuff you know i'll see people oh screw angelina jolie and her helping orphan kids you know screw her and her entitlement i'm like She's helping orphaned kids. Like, right. what is... I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, message boards and Twitter and all that, so even though I love being on Twitter. I don't go on them, yeah. But I've seen, you know, w- once in a while I'll get sucked into the internet realm and I'll click on something and I regret clicking on yeah. it every time. <laughs> yeah, you always do. And, like, I quit, you know, it took me on Twitter, like, that first year or two I was on Twitter to realize, like, oh, man, like, there are some hateful fucking motherfuckers. <laughs> they, they just cannot... They cannot be on online. I mean, that's... Uh, those are places where cowards go to just feel like they're anonymous you know? and they feel powerful. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know? So like you, once you get that, then you stop being offended. You don't feel like you need to respond to everything and you just sort of ignore it. But 
Um, Sometimes my finger twitches like someone will, you know, I have one Twitter hater that loves to send me these really mean tweets and my I, my finger twitches like, oh, I should respond. Yeah, and then I'm yeah, like, no, what is it going to do? Nothing. What is it going to do? I know. But it is good <laughs> practice for comics because it's like, how can you come up with something that's not just honestly reactionary kind of prick, you know, like just just being a prick back? You still have to be funny or you still have to find a way to have it be like, oh, that doesn't bother me. And that's. That's part of being a comic, really, you know. And I think you have to learn how to genuinely not let it bother you. Like a lot mm-hmm. of comics are like, "Oh, that doesn't bother me," and it totally bothers <laughs> them, and they're like <laughs> yeah. shaking in their boots, right? right? Yeah, totally. And but comics are sensitive, and they are oversensitive. But a lot of times, you know, people just get over stuff, and they might get sensitive that night. But yeah, you never know. But you know, that's why you can't always do with the you know, with the Twitter and the comments, and people try to get. But the point is there are is a large amount of people that are just trying to say the meanest, stupidest, most racist, you know, yeah, shit. Yeah, like on purpose because they're angry or whatever. They, they want someone to blame for their problems. Right. And then they, you know, back to the political stuff. It's like, why would you want to be on the side that's always pissed off? And you know, you know what's weird about the Republicans being pissed off is that didn't they have Bush... And Congress and the Senate didn't they have their whole fucking all their stars aligned for like six years? It was longer than that, I think. Well, they had eight years in the White House, but yeah. for those first couple of years, it was I think it was the midterms where they finally swept the House and and they had like you know everything and they had all all Senate, Congress, and 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 the White House. And it's like you guys had your way. Why are you so pissed off? <laughs> like you guys had everything go exactly how you wanted, right? And now everything's you know Obama's fault that things didn't work out with this fucked up stupid ass <laughs> idea of going to Iraq. Right now it's like, oh, that's fucking Obama's not doing a good job on Iraq. You know, like well, you could you could criticize stuff, but. It's funny how they want to ignore the fact that we shouldn't even be there and that Bush brought us there and the whole thing, you know? I want to make a comment to what you just said about being irritated with people that say they're both the same anyway. I don't, you know, I I understand what you're talking about. I think what a lot of people are feeling, though, what I've heard from people is that they just feel that both sides, the main parties are part of the kind of the system. And I think a lot of people feel frustrated, like really no real change has happened, I guess. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people mean by that. But yes, they are very different. I think in our lifetime, we'll see not just um, a third party, but it'll probably be two more parties. There are so many other parties in other countries. Some countries have 12 political parties. Yeah. I think in our lifetime, we'll see two. It's kind of like football coming to LA. It's like, we're going to get two teams. Not just one team. Two no, we teams. didn't have a team for years, right? Yeah. Seriously, I, that, I think that really will be how it is because the Tea Party will split off into their like totally right wing libertarian groups, and then we'll have like the left wing libertarians that are more Green Party environmentalist, whatever. So I think there'll end up being four. I can see it coming. I don't know, you know, but I, I do feel like it'll be like in our lifetime. You know, in the next fifty years, just all of a sudden it'll happen. But. But, yeah, obviously, those two parties are part of the same system. So when people say they're the same, it's like, okay, yeah, they're the same in that they do the same job. They do the same work. You know, it's not two comedians or a prop comic and a, and a monologist comedian are not the same. Yeah, but they're working in the same club. That doesn't make them exactly the same thing. I think in general, though, a lot of people are just disillusioned with the system, which is what I have heard people that are saying, oh, it's the same. That's I think it's kind of naive. And maybe it's young people who don't quite understand, like, how it works because like you when we get a third and a fourth party they're going to become part of the system too and they're going to get they're going to disappoint their constituents too (laughs) and like look 
<laughs> you know, I know like John Stewart had said it on that Daily Show. I saw an episode where he was talking about ISIS. Like if ISIS got their way and they got to rule, well, then they have to learn how to pick up the trash and to collect taxes and to build schools and to fix the roads and then listen to their vote. And then they're going to have to start dealing with an opposition party. And then that and then they're going to become dictators and become exactly what they were fighting against in the first place. So people are naive to think that you that you don't need a system. But that's kind of happening in Egypt with, you know, um, the change in political parties and stuff like that. Yeah, well, Egypt's a fuck. <laughs> You're like, let's not get started. Right. That. No, okay. Egypt is. A, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to know. It's, it is hard to talk about Egypt because now they want to assassinate. They want to um, execute, you know, the, uh, Morsi, mm-hmm. their old guy that they elected. And I know a lot of Egyptians who are like, look, Morsi was elected and then you didn't let him finish his term. That's not a democracy. And I'm like, yeah, well, but that's because he got rid of everything that was democratic in the system <laughs> and he was going to become another dictator. So you had to get rid of him while you could, but yeah, that's just a mess. It's, like, yeah. It's a whole so cycle. they were, it was a, an attempt at a revolution and then it, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I want to talk about, you know, your situation because um, you're a very, very funny comedian Thank you. and um, you are a co-founder of the Axis of Evil comedy tour, which, so for those of you who don't know, um, it's you and an Egyptian comedian and a, what is a uh, Maz? And Maz is Persian. But and just, a Persian comedian. But just so everybody knows, like that was a long time ago. And okay. We haven't worked together since 2008 or something. Like we still work together, like see each other around, but we haven't done an Axis of Evil show since 2008. So that was something I did when I first started comedy. We all met at the comedy store. And Mitzi put us together and saw we were all Middle Eastern. And she actually said she had a vision. And she was like, <laughs> she's like, you know, black people and then Latinos and women. And she goes, everybody's kind of had their, their voice. But uh, Middle Eastern people have never had their voice in the media and in comedy. And, and we all knew that was true. And she was supportive of us and kind of forced us to work together. And we naturally wanted to and, and did it. And then we were really successful for a couple of years. And then was you know, that was that. Was that a reaction to the whole 9-11 thing? Or? We actually started before 9-11. Okay, and then got it. after 9-11, we were like kind of put on the training wheels again. We were like, what do we, you know, what, what do does we that do? mean, training wheels? Well, like we felt like we were comics starting from scratch again. We, mm-hmm. we weren't sure what of our mi- Middle Eastern material would work or what we could use or what we could and couldn't say and what would be offensive to people. And like, we didn't want to feel differently than any other American, but but the nature of some of our material might, you know piss people off or whatever and then what we found out was that it worked even better like our material was even more interesting to people so um now was the tour catering to middle eastern audiences or just anyone it was just anyone our material was actually more for white people because we never had a middle eastern crowd before we didn't know what a middle eastern crowd to be honest there wasn't really a middle eastern crowd for comedy there wasn't i mean there's so many persians and armenians and arab americans all over the country and we started hitting all those cities. You know, we just looked up the demographics and figured out which cities <laughs> would be good and what we knew in the past. And uh, and we sort of mined that out. But they didn't really exist before. So we didn't know what a group full of Arabs laughing kind of looked like. And did you learn? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it took you years to figure out, like, what are some inside jokes that you can just do with these crowds that you can't do with other crowds? And now we're all, like, really good at just doing Arab crowds, Middle Eastern crowds. Yeah, that's the same. I've done a lot of all Asian shows, but I've only done one Vietnamese show, all Vietnamese show in my entire life. And there was, I was like, there were so many inside jokes that I had always wanted to do, but I never had the chance. Right. Because I felt like no one would know what I was talking about. <laughs> See, the Asian crowds are not, they're, mis- every time I'm on stage and I want to go 
through the rounds of like, um, you know, where's the Koreans and where's this group and where's that group? And like Asians are not really represented. There's actually more Arabs and Armenians and Persians and some Middle Eastern. <laughs> there's always one or two, but there's not always an Asian. It's weird. There is. And Asians are, I don't know if um, Middle Easterners are like this, but Asians are really weird because there's many different subsets of Asians within Asians. True. There's Asians who are very Americanized and consider themselves American. There's, uh, you know, first generation Asians who consider themselves very Asian, you know, Japanese or Vietnamese or whatever their culture is, and they identify very strongly with that. Then there's people who are, you know, in between, where mm-hmm. they are split between two cultures, and they have this identity kind of issue. There's so many different subsets of that. And, you know, the stereotype that I had a trouble dealing with out here was the kind of brainiac, spoiled, you know, Southern California Asian girl, because I grew up in an area where the Asians were very blue collar, Where'd you grow up? Uh, in New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. And so yeah, most people, most of the Asians there were fishermen or boaters right. and very blue collar immigrants, very uneducated. And so to hear the stereotype of like these smart, techie, nerdy Asians, the Asians I grew up were like ghetto. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, what are you guys talking about? What is this stereotype? <laughs> right. You, so when you moved here and you saw like what UC Irvine is. Yeah. Like, I was like, what's UCLA? going on here? You know? And I, I just didn't understand it. And, and that is a stereotype about my culture and I didn't understand it, well, you know? But that's a good, it's a good stereotype. It's not a bad stereotype. <laughs> it like, is, it's a good we're one. all really smart and go to school and, and are nice people and we don't, we're not criminals. It's like, there's nothing really negative there. It's just, the only negative things are, you know, people don't, don't feel that um, they are, like, especially Koreans in LA stick to their own groups and, a lot of them don't speak English very well, and there, there seems to they seem to be separate. And that, that's that's across the board. I think with Asians in general is that they like to separate yeah. themselves quite a bit. LA is also like a totally different melting pot because it's like there's so many kind of Tiger Woods ish ethnicities here where yeah. you're like the, yeah. this, you're Filipino and you're Thai and you're <laughs> this and your dad is very mixed and Mexican. The Mexicans yeah. and the Filipinos, I guess, you know, got together back in the '60s when they were all migrant workers together so then there's a lot of you know crossing crossing there and then but koreans don't really cross they kind of keep to themselves they do they're very um they tend to to stick together like sticky rice (laughs) yeah they do but they don't represent themselves in the media or just in general to comedy clubs like they're catered i remember at one point bobby lee was the only asian american on a network television show and like i guess sandra oh on uh, like Grey's anatomy or something but when you actually look at what's going on you're like yeah asians are they're consumers yeah and you can see them on commercials and on this and that but they don't um, they almost don't represent themselves um they don't and i know dr ken is having a lot of issues with that as well because some people are saying he's portraying a negative stereotype of asian men so there's this whole you know and i like dr ken he's a friend of mine but a lot of people there's this a lot of judgment very strong judgment in the asian community in entertainment and i think that holds us back and i experienced that i'll do all asian shows where sometimes i'll get so much love and then sometimes i can see them judging me because i'm not what they think is a good stereotype of an asian woman what's a negative what's negative about what ken has done i don't get it Why um, would they- i don't either what i guess um there's a lot of criticism of him because they're saying that he is playing you know against his ethnicity i'm not sure i don't i don't know what the criticism is because i love ken i think he's doing a great job because he'll do like an accent yeah because he does accents and he did these that they're that's supposedly demeaning or what who knows i don't know (laughs) yeah i guess so i don't know i just don't think it's like 
I don't think that the negative on that is that bad. Well, and, and in certain ways, you kind of don't have the choice until you're a really, really big star. Right. Every audition I go to, they're like, can you do an accent? Right. Right. <laughs> totally. You know, so if someone were to say, well, Rosie Tran is just degrading Asian women. I'm like, that's what's written in the script. And I can either work or not work. Yeah. But I do feel like Asians are almost like separate from all this identity crisis bullshit that like, you know, <laughs> Arabs and, and Muslims and black people and, and that because... I, and Latin too I, I definitely feel like Asians have sort of been like hey we don't have the identity crisis that you guys have we've been around a little longer <laughs> you know like we're pretty secure with ourselves you know we go to school and we're just nice people there's there's not an in, there's not an internal struggle about what your group is to yourself whereas- I think there's not a lot of negative projection from the quote-unquote mainstream so for example you know latinos there's a lot of negative projection you know they're taking over our country blah 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 blah, etc etc with you know middle easterners they're terrorists they're trying to you know and put their culture onto us and Mm -hmm. whatever sharia law blah 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 with blacks you know what so there's this because asians have a very quote-unquote positive stereotype there's no mainstream projection onto them i think but i think that's a net positive again because (laughs) you know like the the biggest struggle is when you have the internal um uh, a struggle amongst a group that is trying to define themselves for themselves yes black people sort of had to define themselves for themselves and decide what their destiny was going to be because they were so repressed it was like how do we even see ourselves like what success even look like and then and there's still a struggle with that to this day struggle to this day and and um, and same thing with like Mexicans in LA and, and all Latins everywhere in America where in LA, obviously same thing with black people. It's like, there's this like gangster sort of like ghetto part of it where like, are we going to be violent gangsters or are we going to be, you know, achievers that are, you know, I don't know, doctors and lawyers and whatever. And there they are, you know, like we've had a Mexican you know, mayor, it's like, it's fine, but it's yeah. just that there's that internal struggle to define themselves. That's not totally, you know, put to bed. No, even though you were born here and you're American, you know, obviously you sound American, you look American to me. Um, I would actually probably think you looked more Italian looking. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever guesses. Nobody ever guesses. What, you know, what with I the curly am. hair yeah. and I could see you as like an East Coast Italian guy. But, you know, with all of this, you know, um, anti-Middle Eastern um, vibe since 9-11 and the whole um, fear of the culture in general and kind of the indoctrination of this fear mongering. Um, have you felt any extra racism? Yeah, I, I they're just the racism or subtle racism or any, any yeah, other. Yeah, you'll see subtle racism or, I mean, look, the most of the time people just don't know anything about it. They don't know anything about the Middle East. It's a big confusing thing to them. And they don't know the difference between Arabia and Persia and they don't know what language they speak in Lebanon versus Palestine versus Jordan or Egypt. It's like, it's just, they don't know. So, uh, it's like when someone calls me Korean or Chinese and, or whatever, and they're just like, or they don't know the difference between Thai yeah. and you know, <laughs> Vietnamese okay. or yeah, Cambodia or something. <laughs> and, and that's confusing too. There's a lot of islands, a lot of different groups, all with your own different you know, sets of, 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 uh, beliefs and history. And, you know, you're separated by water or whatever, you know, and even though, Gen- genetically probably are all connected more same similar, way yeah. you know same way scottish and irish are like what are you guys hating about like well, <laughs> what do the british and the irish and the scottish have a beef about like just you should just stick together and all be frick- freckled face redheads together and quit bitching but um 
Uh, but yeah, Arabs are like, there's this brotherhood with Arabs, but then there's, you know, the different religions and there's so many different groups and Iraq, especially in Lebanon and places like that, where there's like 17, 18, 20 different like ethnic groups. And they're a lot of them Christian, you know, not Muslim. So there's that. But uh, and some people don't know that even though Jerusalem is no Jesus came, from, came Jerusalem. from Jerusalem and, you know, all, all this Christianity is based in that area. A lot of people don't know that. So sometimes the more religious the person, the easier it is to relate because at least they know the Holy Land yeah. and they know maybe some history to it or, or something like that. And and uh, growing up, my closer friends were Jewish because at least they knew what a Palestinian was. You know, most people didn't know what the what the difference between a Pakistani and a Palestinian was, which it's kind of weird. There's there two very, <laughs> very different, different. <laughs> you know, groups. But, but I'm just so used to people being dumb that... <laughs> I, I don't know. You I, don't take it personal, the racism personal. I don't. I don't. So that's the mis, misunderstood sort of prejudice. It's not prejudice. It's just ignorance. But then the people who think they know something about it are scary because they'll they'll be really prejudiced. Or, or somebody like Bill Maher who's like completely given up on thinking. Like he, is, he just doesn't care about coming up with a coherent argument for things now. He's like... <laughs> It's like when old people age to the point where they're like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going <laughs> to say what I want. Like, he's gotten to that point where it's like, man, if you think through that thought, like, you're on the wrong side of that, you know? Um, Bill Maher is on the wrong side of, like, with this Jenner stuff. He's on the wrong side of it with... Um, uh, what is his viewpoint Islam. on the Jenner stuff? Well, he thinks that people who want to be, you know, the other opposite sex are have a uh, mental um, disorder disorder he thinks it's a mental disorder and like I'm sure there's plenty of people in that situation where it is a mental disorder or there was damage as a kid you know or something like that but Bruce Jenner shows it's like no he was born he had a good life he was born like a night he just has this in him so it's not always just a mental disorder right it's like you can call it a disorder, but you know who? The, who? The, who the, I don't give a fuck if somebody wants to become a woman. Like I just don't care. Like who the fuck cares? Why would I want to be aligned with a group that gives a shit about what people do in the bedroom or want to dress as or what the fuck? Like it really doesn't affect. I think us. there's a lot of judgment. You know, I've heard people. I remember when it when Bruce came out. Honestly, I hadn't even thought two seconds about it. You know, I saw maybe a tabloid or something and I thought, okay, whatever. It was my, my reaction to it was completely neutral. I wasn't judgmental. I was just like, whatever. And I remember a female colleague of mine said, oh, you know, was talking about it. She goes, isn't that disgusting? Isn't that just so, and, and I was taken aback just because I wanted to. I was just like, who cares? It's it's not my life. Who cares? Yeah, like, who cares? And then I spoke to another person who said, you know, good for him. I'm so proud of him because think about everything that he has to, he's in the public eye. Who would want to come out like this, right? Mm-hmm. And I had never thought of that in that way. And I thought, oh, you know, it is a really tough life. Who would choose to live that life unless they really had it inside of them and needed yeah. to yeah, who share? Would, who would want to deal, who would choose that? And then if it weren't for the Kardashian stuff, maybe the whole story would be a little bit different and wouldn't be as, people wouldn't be so... Um, uh, upset. Or I think a lot of people have it. hatred towards the Kardashian family, right, right. and so that gets projected onto Bruce. Yeah, and it, and that's true because and they are worth hating. Like, for real, <laughs> it's not that they're worth hating; it's that there's nothing there that's redeemable <laughs> much, you know. So it's just kind of like. But again, I don't care about them. If they want to make a billion dollars selling, you know, whatever, I don't care. If there's somebody out there who's willing to buy their shit, then really, what do I care? What like, what I it, think is it's a lot of um, distraction, and what yes. what I think people are just distracted by it, and 
And it's just a distraction. It's a media distraction to focus on other issues that are not important. So, like, if if an ethnic group trying to define themselves internally is a kind of a microcosm of how Americans have to decide who they are internally, you know, we're it's a weird time because people who say like, well, the parties are the same, are not thinking through it. They're not totally willing to think the extra step and go, okay, well, actually, there is differences. But, you know, it's all part of the same thing. Once people realize, like, people's sexuality and orientation really doesn't affect you. But the whole glamorization, like the Kardashian thing where people are so distracted by the surface stuff. So distracted. And so... To the point where it's ridiculous. Yeah, and they're so into the sort of result or the, or the, the surface thing. They're not going the extra step beneath it and thinking, like... Do we do you go see a movie because that because Vin Diesel's a great actor or because you know it's just going to be an action which is fine either way but they're they're not looking for the the great artistic movie or they're not they're not recognizing when something has a has value versus cuz I'm not a big on like there's there's high art and there's low art and there's this art and there's that I think it's art is art and like it can be shitty or it could be really great but it's not like one is higher. Like a fart joke can be just as genius as something else. Like, <laughs> I've heard some pretty brilliant fart jokes. Yeah, actually. like <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that there is like kind of a high, you know, there's like high brow humor and then there's low brow humor. Like they're both humor, and a low brow joke can be really fucking funny. But it, it, it's just that America in general seems to be too captivated with the shiny objects, and they're forgetting about. What's underneath the content? Yeah, and just using art as a metaphor because, like, we were so gung ho to go to war and didn't really see the exit strategy and didn't know how we we're going to get out of and it. And so now many politicians now have said, "I regret my decision voting for the war." It's and like, how did I know what the fuck was going to happen, and they didn't? <laughs> how, how did I know exactly how this was going to go? And I don't mean to, fu- and I'm I'm not saying this like hindsight's twenty twenty. I knew at the time. You're like, this is not going to be good. I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> we were all upset. I was like in a, living in outrage. I was like almost out of my mind for almost eight years during the Bush years because I could not believe what I was seeing. I was like, how does everybody not see how big a fucking mistake this is? Like not Afghanistan, but just Iraq and the whole thing and all the conspiracies that came out of it. And it just, <coughs> it, it was almost too hard to resist conspiracy theories because um, it aligned so much with you know the opportunity versus it was like it was like um luck meets opportunity or whatever the fuck it was it's like bush bush was just waiting for this opportunity <laughs> to go to war he was a war hawk you know and and so people have these these theories about it but i don't know again it's people don't don't aren't willing to see what's actually happening they always want to project their uh, you know ideas on it it is and it's a lot of short term thinking and i think that's a lot of problems with our current political system is a lot of people uh, a lot of politicians are worried about their next four years, their next eight years, their next four years, their next six years. And so they're not thinking of long-term solutions that are sustainable mm-hmm. because they want to get elected. And also a lot of people don't understand, common people don't understand our political system, you know, and who gets credit for what. So there's policies now that we're, are, we're just seeing in fruition that were put into place during the Clinton administration. So then other people get credit for those policies that take years and years and years to implement right. and and people are not they're too ADD it's like reality it's, that's TV that's what it is it's, they don't they don't understand how it happens in real time not movie time or yeah. sitcom time like, <laughs> it takes like a couple years for stuff to get done <laughs> yeah like you know if you, if they hadn't um, held up the healthcare we'd probably be a little bit further along but 
At the same time, like, this is a huge, huge deal. Like, this is overhauling the entire fucking system. That's been messed up for, like, 40 years. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> it's going to take time, and there's going to be a lot of hiccups, and it's going to be complicated, and it's not going to be easy for now. But, like, you know, when our kids get there, it's going to be way, way, way simple. You know, it's going to be, this next generation is going to be like, oh, I just have it. You just sign up for it. It's just, that's the way it is. It becomes a regular thing. But um, you hope, right? But the, I hate when people say, like, we tried it and it didn't work. It's like, no, we didn't really try it. Yeah. You know, let something fail. But, again, you go back to Republicans, they're, like, denial. They're in denial. Like, they think that the Reagan stuff worked. They think that trickle-down economics worked. It's like, it's proven it doesn't <laughs> work. It's been, we proved it. Like, how many? How much more proof do you need to see that that idea didn't work? It failed. We tried it and it failed. But I don't like when they act like or with Palestinians they go. Israelis will be like land for peace. We did that. It didn't work. It's like you never implemented <laughs> it. You signed it on a piece of paper and you agreed to it, but you never actually implemented it. And then they killed Rabin, and then it all. Then Netanyahu came in, and then shit went hay- haywire. And they never actually gave land for peace. They actually, if anything, have taken more land. And not given more land, and so it's it's let's, this let's denialism. Talk, let's talk about that because um, you obviously have um, some ground to to speak about this. You're Palestinian. Um, I feel very uncomfortable as a person to talk about this because um, there seems to be this idea that if you're criticizing uh, the Israeli policy, that you're anti-Semitic, right? And this is literally one of the most ludicrous things I've ever heard of because obviously American political uh, system, many people criticize and that doesn't mean you're criticizing the American people. Right. Right. That just means that you're not happy with what the government is doing. Yeah. I've, I've asked a few friends of mine um, that are like, you know, it's white guys, um, <laughs> white guys, yeah, just, like, <laughs> just regular white guys, some of my white friends, <laughs> but they're politically active. Like they're politically aware. Uh, guys and I'm like well what do you think most people think don't I'm like how come people aren't sort of more outraged with Israel and more not more angry with Israel and and don't understand why we have to have this relationship with Israel where we just have to do whatever they want us to do like and he goes to be honest with you people don't care they don't give a shit and then they're not happy with Israel and he's like they're not they don't care about it like if we didn't have a relationship with Israel they wouldn't care and I'm like it kind of made me feel better that that kind of apathy where they're like they don't really care if we have a special relationship with israel and 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 i really think that it's hurt us in the long run not only that but i don't think it would have hurt us in the long run if israel hadn't acted like such pricks the last you know 20 years like we could have been well longer than 20 years but the last 20 years have been their worst i think a lot of people are attached to israel being jewish you know there's a lot of stories i've heard recently you know there was a some Jewish um, Israelis who are for peace, some, mm-hmm. some young, young kids. And, and they said, you know, we really want peace. We really want things to work out. And their entire family said, you know, you're turning your back on your culture. They were disowned yeah. by their parents. Right. How dare you, you know, fuck Palestine, this and that. And I think it's that, that fear. And what I don't understand is, you know, a lot of times people are attacked for supporting Palestine saying that they're anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't I just don't understand how a, a group or the attackers, having been through what they were <laughs> suffered in World War Two, can then yeah. go and do that to another. It's it's yeah. like when I meet these very um, 
very um, anti-gay black people Mm -hmm. who say, well, it's not the same thing as as civil rights. They don't they just don't deserve it's sick. I'm like, but you had that happen to you. Like, I don't understand you of all people should Mm be more empathetic Mm -hmm. because you were not allowed to marry Mm -hmm. anyone from a different race. So now this is exactly the same thing. Yeah, but just gay. It's like the ultimate irony. And I, I know what you're talking about with black people who are like, don't want gay people to have um, uh, marriage rights. It's like the same concept. And so I'll meet these insanely anti-Palestine people who are like, well, anti-Semitic and this, and, but you're being racist as well. You know what? I'm just going to say it. Like, And I know plenty of other people have said it and, and all that. And I don't mind. You know, I feel confident that in, in this, but... I'll get ready this week for the mean Twitter tweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you can edit this out later so I don't look no, like no, an no, anti-Semite. No. <laughs> But um, and then I'll get back to your point. But uh, I grew up um, with South Africa being a big issue. You know, mm-hmm. I'm um, with apartheid. Yeah, with apartheid. I graduated high school in '92, and like that was a big deal when that happened, and when Mandela took over, and this whole thing. What Israel has done and what they've created over there is a hundred times worse than apartheid South Africa. Apartheid South Africa didn't fly jets over and just start bombing. Innocent children and yeah, like little villages where they've isolated the fucking people. Like they didn't do that. They treated them like shit. There was apartheid. There was a, a, a racist wall there for them, but they didn't just actively roll tanks into their little shanty towns and, and explode them. So, but at the same time, they were called terrorists. Mandela was called a terrorist by Reagan. You know, so I think a lot of people confuse um, the greater sort of extremist Muslim with what's going on in Palestine because there have been Palestinian groups that have committed terrorist acts, you know, in certain, you know, parts of Europe and, but not really on the Al Qaeda. It's not the same thing. Like Hamas and Hezbollah has never carried out a terrorist attack outside of their region ever, like ever. They're literally just fighting over one issue. So when people sort of attach like an Al Qaeda or a ISIS thing to them, I'm like, no, these guys are crazy. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) They're fucking nuts and I can't align myself with them, but I can see how they're different than an ISIS or an Al Qaeda who's actually crazy and wants to take us back to the 14th century, like the whole world. Yeah. Whereas Hamas and Hezbollah and I don't know, basically just those two groups are like, no, 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 we just want representation and we want our self, we want sovereignty, we want self-determination, we want freedom, we want civil rights, we want, you know, access to our own ports and to, you know, our own future. Like, we can't be under the thumb of, of Israel or in Hezbollah, the, the Lebanese government internally was like, doesn't like the Shia, you know, the Shiites. So, so there's that whole thing. But anyway, back to the whole point of like, an ethnic group that's been a, that's been victimized for a long time ends up being like just a like they need Doctor Phil they they're damaged <laughs> they're damaged people and I and I I know like just from talking to all my Jewish friends and all my black friends and all but mostly my Jewish friends there there's been damage done you know and it's done psychological damage and throughout history Jews have always been run out of everywhere they are so they always sort of have this kind of foot out the door or like a bag pack just in case kind of mentality and Israel's supposed to be their safe haven and look they have a connection to that land if there's there's only two groups that really have a connection to that land and it's the, the Jewish people and the others which are Palestinians and when they try to deny that other group it's just unfair because it it's 
it's too historic. It goes back too far. Obviously, Jewish people have the strongest connection to that land, but that doesn't mean that they can go back and act like Romans in the fucking, you know, second century. It's just, it's stupid. And also, I think that there's a lot of living from the past, which doesn't serve anyone. You know, I don't think that Asians have the best... um, mindset when it comes to that because we like to sweep everything on the rug and let's not talk about it and let's forget about it that is an extreme but also let's keep talking about it over and over and over and over and over and over again that doesn't solve anything either right and i noticed that a lot and you know vietnamese people there was i think three million vietnamese killed in the vietnam war i have every right just as anyone else to be angry and and you know and pissed off and and have a chip on my shoulder but that's not going to fix anything right and so I think that a lot of, you know, when I hear people talking about slavery, uh, you know, I get very frustrated because, you know, we can't fix that. That already happened. It's over. But we can fix going forward. And what's going on right now is there's actually modern day slavery. There's, you know, sexual trafficking. There's other things that are going on now. And us harping and harping and harping and harping and harping about things that happened 100 years ago, 50 years ago, it's not going to fix the problem. Well, yeah, that's a problem because like on one hand, you can't change the past. But on the other hand, when and you're from New Orleans, you know, there's like people are still whitewashing and, and, and like revising the past. They don't want to admit. No, no, I'm done. saying there should be admitting, but going over and over and over and over and obsessing over it over and over. People need to stop obsessing. Obsessing. But, but yeah. they, I think that they obsess because there's too many deniers. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, people too, there's too many people in the South. Like I grew up around Washington, D.C., you know, when we left Utah and. You know, it's the South. It's the South. Like, I, I, there was rednecks everywhere. I was, like, in culture shock. You know, I was used to kind of cowboy Utah, <laughs> you know. Okay. But they were, like, kind of curious and nice. They went to church and, and, like, they just, there wasn't enough ethnic people for them to discriminate against, maybe. I don't know what it is. <laughs> or they thought you were Italian. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I mean, I never fit in with them. I wasn't blonde enough. But then, you know, uh, how many rednecks do you know? They they still don't really want to fully admit and acknowledge, you know, how racist they're fucking people. It's like they want Muslims, all Muslims, to take responsibility for ISIS or for Al Qaeda and all this. But they're not taking responsibility for all the shit that their people are responsible for and they really hate to be accused of being racist and they hate being thrown in that category of well we were the oppressors and they all want to say well that was a long time ago and we don't need to talk about and harp on it and it's like well maybe we do because you guys still won't admit that you like look germany fucking acknowledges that they were nazis and and have like done their best to just like try to move they've on. done a very good job germany has done a good job of it, making sure that um it never happens again yeah and i think that they've done a better job than they have than I, I think there's a middle ground though because i i do feel that there's a lot of people that have a chip on their shoulder a little bit too much and i think that there's needs to be a remembrance so that it doesn't happen again Mm -hmm. but also there needs to be a combination of that and moving on there needs to be more forgiveness in the world there needs to be more forgiveness exactly that's a very good point because i don't think that you know whatever perceived sins of the past need to keep going on and on and on and on and especially with palestine and israel it's like there's so many people that want peace yet this keeps going on and on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, and I know plenty of Palestinians and and my family and people who are affected and live over there or came here as children because they were turned into refugees from 48 or 67 or one of the one of the times when Israel sort of, you know, took territory and occupied it and just, you know, 
deported people, just kicked them out, just booted them. And they either went to Kuwait or Jordan or Egypt or wherever they could go, Lebanon. And a lot of them, you know, came to the U.S. And they will always have a chip on their shoulder. Or I have family over there that's directly in the line of fire. They're they're going to be damaged people the rest of their lives. Because you have a cousin that was kidnapped, correct? Well, yeah, yeah. Over the summer, there was there was like these three Israeli kids that got kidnapped and killed. And then they retaliated and killed a, a kid who is my cousin. And then these kind of riots. Was he related to or was it was just random violence against him? It was just random. They just saw a little kid. That, Palestinian kid and yeah, kidnapped they, him. Yeah, and they just kidnapped him and they, they torched him. They made him. An example. I mean, it was just revenge. Yeah. And, and that's what that whole country has become. And what Israel is starting to do now, the liberal wing of Israel is starting to go like, what kind of country are we becoming where we're so hell-bent on revenge that we've forgotten, we've lost our soul. They've basically lost their soul. And what is the point of the fighting? What's the point? Yeah, yeah and exactly. what's the point? But And now they're making, you know, Palestinians like a group that is, even if you make reparations and you fix the problem and you sign the peace papers and you start implementing it day by day, it's going to take years for to, for people to kind of get used to peace. They don't know peace you know so there's just gonna always be somebody who's not gonna forgive you always and you know my problem with a lot of like right-wing you know zionist sort of uh, israelis um i don't want to use the word zionist that often i think it's overused like i don't even know what it fucking means anymore but <laughs> okay but like i basically mean right-wingers you know because i don't think all zionists are like aligned with netanyahu or whatever but um, it has a pretty broad meaning and it's open for debate. But um, that what what kind of fucking people are you guys becoming? You know what? What you've lost your soul. You've lost like the the when you're just killing random people for no reason and you're just bombing you're racist. Random, yeah, you're just racist. You're, you're basically saying we have to have an ethnically clean state. We have to have a state that is only for one group of people. But again, that's where I don't understand it because isn't this what the Germans did? Yes. I, that's what I'm not understanding. Yes, and I don't, I don't understand that why they're not understanding it. Like well, it, because it, it makes my head like spin. <laughs> most of those Israelis are Holocaust surviving or European Jews that got out in time, and they brought a European styled racism with them. So just because they're Jews doesn't mean they're not still Western European white racist sort of people, like classist. They brought obviously culture and art and music and you know people play violins and they brought all this you know culture with them to israel that didn't exist there before that's great but they also forget that there was there's a prejudice there either a classism or a straight-up racism with them that is european it's not middle east so my grandparents who grew up there um before 1948 had there was jewish families there and that and they everybody just lived together and it was fine like, it was fine. Obviously, it was called Palestine, and it was under British control, and there was a lot of different hands that they didn't have their own self-determination. They didn't have control over their land, but there was no Jewish-Muslim problem then. There was never really a Jewish-Muslim problem until 1948, throughout history. When the Ottomans ruled uh, Jerusalem in that area for 500 years, they always allowed Jews there. There was never a problem there. There was, like, some Jewish-Muslim stuff that happened just after the time of the Prophet Muhammad— that sort of kind of you could say created a little bit of a beef but there's almost been more beefs internally amongst muslims than there has been between jewish and muslim 
this narrative that Jews and Muslims have been fighting for thousands of years is bullshit. It's a false narrative. It's a false narrative because, first of all, Islam's only been around for 1,400 years. So it's not thousands of years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So, and then second, so we, they have at least not been fighting for 1,400, right? Yes, okay. Or yeah. at least fighting, whatever. Yeah, okay. So at, at most, they've been fighting for 1,400 years. At most, okay. Yeah, at best. <laughs> but, um, but the Prophet Muhammad... Uh, based the whole religion based off of Judaism, you know, the no pork and then all the rules. It's all the same, you know, Abraham, all, all the prophets. It's the same shit. So, <laughs> so to say the Jews and Muslims, they're actually more alike with each other. It's like, okay, you ever been in New Orleans and seen like a redneck and like, um, not a redneck, but just like a Southern white guy and a Southern black guy who have more in common with each other than, Someone Somebody, from the East Coast. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what Israelis and Palestinians need to realize is they now have more in common with each other and are more the same culture now than they've ever been. And it'll it'll happen. Like, you'll never convince me that peace is impossible. People are always like, it'll never happen. Like, look, it's going to happen at some point. Maybe yeah. not now. Maybe not. People in are going to get tired. People get tired. They get tired of fighting. They realize they've lost their soul. They've lost their way. <laughs> you know? catch- they realize they lost their soul. <laughs> yeah. They, they all of a sudden, a generation kind of comes up and says, we've had enough of it, you know, and like, it just will end. It'll end at some point. Like, that's just the human nature. So it could take another 500 years or it could happen in, you know, 25. But here's what's upsetting is that in 1993 or no, 1995, whatever, when Clinton had Arafat and Rabin like come to the White House and they did the Oslo Peace Treaty. Like, we could be 20 years into a peace process now, and maybe things would be different, but they, they got rid of it. They assassinated the Israeli. They, they didn't want it. They didn't want to follow through on any of the things that they agreed to. And, like, we could be 20 years into this thing, and instead, we have to start from scratch again. So, it's really frustrating, and it's... And, like, I feel bad for most of my Jewish friends and, and most of the left-wing Jews. Like, how, you have to feel for them, because they're the ones who see, like... I can't speak out against this because my people will get mad at me. Yes. And I can't. But I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it, but I won't say anything about it because I don't want to get shamed or get called a self-hating Jew or get, you know, like there's a lot of pressure. Like inside Israel, they can oppose each other. There's a lot of infighting there. But in America, Jews are so afraid to say anything that looks like they're um, and I've seen flipping. that. I've seen that. And I, that's what I was talking about where, you know, I've they were talking about that in NPR. And I've heard stories of, you know, young Jews saying this is ridiculous and their entire family disowning them right. and saying, how dare you? How dare you, you know, not support the Jewish cause? And they're right. like, I don't agree with this. I, I can't agree with this. And look, <laughs> morally, <laughs> a lot of people have been compared to Nazis since the Nazis, but nobody's the Nazis. But there's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody's Hitler. Nobody's, nobody's the Nazis, but the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody's the Nazis, but the Nazis. But there is sort of this, like, you have to have a monolithic view of Israel. Like, there's these these Jews who go, like, you have to have this view of Israel, and if you don't fit it into that, then you're selling us out, or you're, you're, you might as well join Hamas. You know, you're, you're with us, or you're against us. It's very black very and white. Extreme. It's very extreme. Yeah. And, you know, most... That's the thing is, is you see that, and that's who's running Israel, and that's who's, like, for some reason, that's who's got the whole of that place. But most of the Jewish people that I grew up with are like, you know, I went to their bar mitzvahs. We all get along. We all wish there could be peace. Most of us are all fine. You know, <laughs> it's not a big deal. And we have discussions all the time about it. And it's no, no big and deal. And cordial. Yeah. And it's just, you know, there's just a lot of misconceptions. There's just a lot, a lot. And especially 
there's i was always like my jewish friends only palestinian friend <laughs> like i know a lot of jewish people but i don't think most of my jewish people that i know know that many palestinians so that's another thing but again that's because in america that that's happening more and more where people know like arabs you know or somebody middle eastern but over there it's it's separate i mean it's completely segregated so they're not they're they're mixing and they're not mixing. You know, they're living in the same area and they're eating the same food and sharing the same culture, but at the same time, they're not totally understanding each other. So, I don't know. It's it'll just happen at one point. That wall will get broken down and everybody will look into the past and go, "What the fuck were we thinking?" And, <laughs> you know. I think that's going to happen with a lot of issues that I, even in America that I don't understand why we're still having debates over them. Right. And I just know in 15, 20 years, we're going to look back and be like, oh my gosh, the 2000, you know, 10s or 2020s were like kind of the stone ages. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I, I'm, I am shocked that some social issues are still being debated. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that certain things have been decided for over 40 years now. We're still debating them over and over and over again. It's like, let's yeah. move on. You know, this is how we create a future is moving on, not harping on, you know, whether or not abortion should be illegal or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, we really, we really got to move on because there's going to be like an artificial intelligence debate or there's, you know, the drones or there's going to be, you know, how much technology are we going to allow or how do you control it or how do you, there's going to be some complicated issues coming up or somebody's going to figure out how to turn water into fuel or some shit is going to happen that changes everything. And then all of a sudden people will stop talking about abortion and anything. I almost feel like people just don't want to move forward. They, they need something to keep them back. Like they do. And I think a lot of people are preyed upon by the political system because of their religious beliefs. I think a lot of people's religious beliefs are used to manipulate them into voting in a certain way that they would not normally. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that would vote left, but they're so socially right that they um, get sucked into certain beliefs yeah. and, and voting. And it just, it doesn't make sense for their situation to vote that way, but because they're so religiously convicted. Right. So uh, unfortunately, a lot of times when you have these strong religious convictions, you can become, you know, manipulated very easily. It's true. Yeah. Well, and then see the South kind of pisses me off because when you, if you bring up the civil war, they'll, I just, to this day, I mean, how many times have you heard people go, well, it was more than slavery. It was really about states' rights. <laughs> and it's like, come on, you fucking knucklehead. It was about the states' rights to have fucking slaves. Like, how do you, like, really? Like, we're still arguing about that. Like, we really are still divided, like, from the Civil War. We haven't really recovered. And during the Reconstruction period after the Civil War, there were more black senators and congressmen and mayors and city councilmen then than there is now because those black areas were just their own town it was already so segregated that they had to have a representative but integration there's actually been a lot of subversive conversations you know surrounding like ferguson and baltimore and everything was like segregation ruined the black community because they used to have their own businesses and their own ecosystem and now because they're part of the greater ec ecosystem they've actually lost opportunity lost business they don't have as much representation There's in redrawing the government of, of districts as well in California and there was a lot of issues with that because there were certain Hispanic areas that had Hispanic representations and they were trying to redistrict them mm -hmm. in a certain way so that is a form of subtle control right and i think people need to be aware of it um, I'm so sad. We have to wrap up soon. You've been an amazing guest, Aaron. Awesome. Um, how can people find you online on so people can send you um, hate tweets? Yeah, man. <laughs> send, all, send all your anti-Palestinian hate shit over to... Um, it's Aaron with just one A. A-R-O-N-K-A-D-E-R. Cater. Um, 
and uh, I'm on Twitter, and my website is just AaronCater.com, and then I'm just always at the Comedy Store or traveling around. Are, are you touring anywhere in the next few months that people um, need to look out for? Or What am I doing? I'll be at the Comedy Store tomorrow and Sunday, and then in a few weeks I go to um, Atlanta, and then I go, I can't remember what my next thing is. After okay, so guys, go on AaronCater.com, and we'll have links to all of that, and I will be tweeting out Tim as well, so you guys can follow him on Twitter. And as always, please visit OutOfTheBoxPodcast.com and click on the Donate button. We're now accepting Litecoins and Bitcoins for all of you alt-currency junkies out there. And um, go on iTunes and look up Out of the Box Podcast and leave a positive comment. We love positive comments. If you hate the podcast, leave a negative comment. I don't care. Just leave a comment because it helps our numbers go up in iTunes. It helps people find out about us. As always, we're on SoundCloud and Stitcher. And I am on Twitter at Funny Rosie. This has been Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran.